Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Game Luster podcast. Uh, I am your news editor and editor, uh, senior editor here, Robert Scarponito, and I'm joined here by our editor-in-chief, Trevor. Hello, everyone. And one of our new writers, first time on the Game Luster podcast, uh, Danny. Hi, party people. Man, so energetic. Love it. (laughs) All right. Uh, so in today's episode, uh, we're going to go through games we talk about or games we play and talk about them like we usually do. Um, and I want to bring up this topic that I think is going to be a big deal in the industry probably in the next two years. So kind of be cool to talk about it now. So we're going to talk about the intersection between post-launch monetized content, i.e. expansion passes or premium currency, and that intersection with uh like subscription models i.e xbox game pass ea access uh playstation now um it's something that not many people are talking about and uh you kind of see people in the forums kind of rumbling about it so i think that'll be an interesting discussion and we'll probably end the show talking about and or giving condolences to the over 200 people that lost their jobs this week at telltale because of dumb reasons (laughs) So let's kick things off. Uh, Danny, I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, I'm just going to throw you in the deep end. What have you been playing? So I've been playing Undertale on Switch since it just came out this past week, which it'll be my second playthrough, but it's okay because I absolutely love it. It's full of bad puns and Comic Sans and Papyrus, my two favorite fonts. Mm, The best. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm really loving that. And also... I wrote an article about the Nintendo online service that should be coming out soon, the post. And uh, I'm enjoying going back and playing some of the NES games. I collect a lot of retro games anyway, so a lot of them I've played already, but it's really fun to just take it on the go and I take it to work with me and play it with friends. So I'm really enjoying that too. That's that's really fun. Um, I don't know how the retro gaming scene is around where you are. But I'm living in Seattle right now, and it's, like, kind of crazy how how easy it is to find, like, I mean, because there are a lot of retro game stores, but then there's just a ton of thrift shops that just have retro games. Yeah, uh, I do go around and try to go to thrift stores, but there is some guy here that beats me to every single thing, and it makes me so angry. I need to find him and Hmm. exterminate him. Yeah, (laughs) and then steal his collection. (laughs) Exactly. See? Exactly. I'll just get all of his stuff and it'll be great but yeah there are quite a few retro gaming places here i'm in kansas actually and it's surprising how many retro gaming stores there are and actually chains of retro gaming stores so i do pretty good here that's good that's good to know um see okay so you've been playing the nintendo online service i have a couple questions for you about that actually so so twenty dollars a year is that worth it to you so far Well, so far to me, I believe it's worth it. I can understand how possibly newer gamers, I feel like I'm old compared to some people that play Switch, but um, to me, I think it's so fun and it's such a fantastic form of preservation for these games. And games were just so much more challenging. And I don't know, there's just a a nostalgic feeling for those of us who are like 20 something and up, (laughs) you know. I think it's fantastic, and I really hope that we get, you know, some N64 games, some GameCube games, because there's some that are just outrageous, outrageously expensive that I want to get my hands on and play again, but 
you know, your girl's broke. I can't buy everything. (laughs) True. No, I, I have a friend who I do another podcast with. He's also a big collector and, um, his favorite fucking game on the PS4 is Breath of Fire 4. Um, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't explain to you why. He he says it's a huge nostalgia thing for him, which, I mean, that's usually the driving factor, right? And I just feel so bad for him because a mint condition copy of that game is probably like 150 bucks right now. Maybe 200 Oh, God. That hurts. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he's like really hoping it's in the upcoming PlayStation Classic. But I'm like, dude, are you sure? <laughs> like of all, oh, all the God. games, Breath of Fire 4. We'll see. I'm really excited to see what's on that. I feel like with licensing, we're gonna we might suffer a little bit. <laughs> yeah, see, I feel like it has to have Metal Gear Solid, right? Like, I know I would assume. Like, I don't even know how the licensing would work with that game. Yeah, because I know Konami is kind of not great, but yeah. like MGS is like one of the classics for PlayStation. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Yeah, uh, Trevor, what have you been playing? Well, um. Not as much as I would like due to busyness elsewhere, but I cut like a week ago, right the day it came out, actually, I was able to have just a taste, just a touch of Shadow of the Tomb Raider, and I, oh, I nice. start. Yes, I I have been looking forward to it. I did enjoy the um, reboot Tomb Raider games, even though I never finished Rise of the Tomb Raider. I definitely enjoyed them, and I got it on PC, um, of course, on Steam. And I played a fair two hours or so. I got right up until the point where the game finally opens up and kind of lets you start exploring this environment and then you find campsites and the such. Um, but so far, I, I've i liked the look of it. I've just been itching to get to the parts that I'm sure I'll get to once I have time to dive into it again where you're actually exploring tombs and and jumping around on platforms and so on because thus far it's just been some cinematics and walking down a path through a place and getting the story set up and everything so the the less interesting parts of the tomb raider reboot series in other words um and i have seen some some tweets and other things online about that make me feel a little pessimistic about playing the rest of the game. Um, I am looking forward to it, but apparently, like the first two reboot games, Shadow of the Tomb Raider will have its fair share of uh, straightforward segments, shooting segments, combat segments, and not. it won't be a complete cornucopia of exploring isolated tombs with puzzles and platforms and all that sort of thing, which, as I'm sure for most Tomb Raider fans, is the main reason why I go to those games. Um, so there was that. And otherwise, I haven't been doing much. I mean, I, I dove back in real quickly into Quake Champions again just to see the latest update and play the longest yard map re-release that they had. And that was some fun. But otherwise, it's been playing games for review or, or just doing work. So not much else to report there. Mm. Yeah, I actually, I've been playing Shadow of the Tomb Raider recently, too. Um, awesome. Yeah, no, I, I actually bought an Xbox One X, and there's, like, a bundle Ooh. with <laughs> nice. yeah with Tomb Raider in it, and I was like, okay, cool. Um, and, you know, I, I remember when the Xbox One X was announced, I was like, I would never buy that machine. 
<laughs> and and oh, here well. I am. Yeah, I know. It was yeah. after, like, I bought an actual 4K HDR TV. So, like, you can actually see the difference. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe maybe the X is all it's cracked up to be. Um, and yeah, you can no, actually, you can see the difference. Yeah, literally. And awesome. yeah, totally. Yeah, Tomb Raider looks magnificent on that machine. It's kind of crazy how good it looks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm, I'm further along than you are. And I will say like, it does open up more with like a lot more tombs, which I'm a sure. fan of. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I still, cause like, I also very recently beat rise of the tomb Raider. Um, mm-hmm. like within the last yeah, two I'm months. Yeah. still chucking through that one. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I'm just at this eye rolling just thing of kind of every time something happens in tomb Raider, it's like, Oh cool. They're doing it. Just like Uncharted did. Oh, look. Yep. A, a village of indigenous hidden people. Just just like in Uncharted. I felt that a lot too. Yeah. Or like, oh, no, there's a there's a thing chasing Lara and she has to run away and the camera is like looking at her face. Just like Uncharted. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, it's cool. This would have been really cool in 2013, but it's five years from that and it's just kind yeah. of getting a little stale. So... I don't know. Well, Personally, I could do with a new reboot or throwback Tomb Raider series for like, and this has kind of been a trend lately with game series going back to their roots or opening up or what have you, um, like, you know, with Nintendo Breath of the Wild or Super Mario Odyssey, but I could do with a new Tomb Raider that just completely strips away all cinematics and, and goes for that like totally just you as Laura Croft exploring these empty isolated tombs and like that's the whole game. Yeah, yeah, that could be a lot of fun, but I I do like what Camilla Luddington brings to the character, like her her, you know, motion capture and her voice acting is yeah. really good. I think it's like yeah. the most I've cared about the character Laura Croft ever. I do agree with that. Yeah. 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 And also I think the cinematics with the X and the Pro. I personally play on a PS4 Pro, and uh, the the cinematics they look so beautiful. I get it. They're they're kind of shoving it down our throats at this point. Yeah. With every single game, and I'm like, wait, am I in a cutscene? Damn it, I'm in another cutscene. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, I I get it. They want to show off all this tech and these beautiful machines and the graphics. But you yeah, know, I would like some more in depth gameplay on some stuff. Yeah, I, I will say that I love I love that we've gotten to a point with the technology in the games industry where you remember like especially PS2 era, it was like oh that's clearly a pre-rendered cutscene because it looks so much better. Yes, and yes, then, yes, hundred percent. And then you immediately know like oh okay, I better pick up the controller because gameplay is about to yeah. happen because it looks twenty times worse. Yeah, but yes. Oh my gosh, but, totally. I was just playing Kingdom Hearts again mm. on my PS2 and I was like wow, this game was so great. No wonder I loved it. Wow, this is beautiful. And then it gets to the playing part, and I'm like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's the graphics. Yeah, that oh. game's notorious for that. <laughs> I'm excited for Kingdom Hearts 3, though. That game is yes. going to be good. And um, I've, been, I've been playing Kingdom Hearts on the PS2 recently as well, although it's my first time playing it. I never Whoa. did play it back in the day. Dun, dun, dun. See, look, and I've, I'm, <laughs> oh, go ahead. I, like, I'm just, I'm of two minds of Kingdom Hearts, because like, I love it, but I also really, really hate it as a franchise right now. <laughs> Gasp. Yeah, because, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm just, like, how long have we known about Kingdom Hearts 3? I want to say, like, three years, four years. 
probably it sounds about right and every time a new trailer comes out i'm just like dude can you just shut up and wait till january 29 i just want to play <laughs> like look it's one of those it's like red dead redemption 2 we know it's going oh, yeah, to yeah. make profit like it's gonna sell really well you don't need to make another trailer like look at big hero <laughs> 6 again like no stop i get yeah. it <laughs> i felt like they did that to me with spider-man too they kept showing more and more and i was like stop stop i want to be surprised please stop <laughs> yeah no, i remember the e3 trailer for this year right didn't they just show like hey here's all the villains all of the, like, yeah just- i was like no please i like i feel like at one point i turned a trailer off and i was like no please stop i'm looking forward to this so much you're running it for me <laughs> yeah like all I'll say about Spider-Man. Well, actually, I'll, I'll talk a bit more about Spider-Man because actually, that I'll talk about that as the game I've been playing because I did beat that last yes. week, platinumed it. So good! It's the best Spider-Man game, even better than Spider-Man Two. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Um, and I love that what all the actors bring to that table. You know, like Yuri Lowenthal is a great on-screen Spider-Man. Laura Bailey nails MJ. Um. And I loved that they're just doing a lot of nods to the whole Marvel universe, especially which is now like especially interesting because the MCU is so popular. You know, mm-hmm. like you walk around the city of New York and you can see like Sanctum Sanctorum. And, you know, like if you look at it, Spider Man's like, hmm, that place seems a little strange. And I'm like, ah, yeah. they know <laughs> what they're doing. Um, yeah, Embassy of Wakanda's in there, Embassy of Samkara. Like it's just, it's, it's a nice piece of like, they cared about the Marvel universe and they cared about making a good Spider-Man game. And it really shows through up until the end. Definitely. And I also, I love the combat. Like I know the swinging is fantastic. I felt like Spider-Man, yada, yada, but (laughs) the combat. Oh my God. I loved it. Like I found myself just running to wherever the crimes were so I could fight more or, Mm. you know, jumping into enemies hideouts to fight more. Cause I was like, this is so smooth. There's so many combinations and so many fun things to unlock. I was like, this is like this is the part that makes me feel like Spider-Man. Like I want to kick some ass. Like that's what I want to do as a superhero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What one thing I also love, it's just a very small attention to detail, but at first everyone was joking about how like when you're fighting on rooftops and you knock someone off the rooftop, they just kind of fall and they <laughs> That was my favorite part. <laughs> they just, you know, they they stop being a threat. And people kept joking like, "Oh man, Spider-Man actually kills. That's great." <laughs> But, like, if you pay attention and look, somehow webs just shoot out from the building and grab really? whatever falling enemy and just, like, pulls them into the side of the building. He's a That's good guy, great. man. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, an amazing small attention to detail that also helps you. Like, it improves the game experience because you don't need to worry about that guy anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's so great. I yeah. recommend that to everybody listening. Go play Spider-Man, please. <laughs> Dude, I, I am already wanting a Spider-Man, too from insomnia same same yeah it 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 uh if you're a big spider-man fan and you like you know all the villains you've read a couple comics they're setting up some very interesting things here that i'm not going to spoil obviously but it it's even got me thinking like dude are they really gonna do that and i'm excited to see if they will do that (laughs) so so vague (laughs) yeah yeah i I know i I can't i mean i could i could say but i won't (laughs) oh man all right yeah so go play spider-man it's a great game um so let's shift over and let's talk about something that i've kind of been thinking a lot about in the past week right so to kind of set the stage here um gaming subscription services are becoming more of a thing 
right? I mean, we've had like, you know, World of Warcraft and other MMOs where you just subscribe to their game. But now we're having more of what people are calling the Netflix of video games where pay $10 a month to Xbox, you get 100 games. Uh, you pay, I think it's $20 a month for PlayStation now or like 100 for the year right now on a sale. And you get like 600 plus PlayStation games and so on. Yes. Um, it theoretically is way cheaper than buying all those games piecemeal. But, you know, you don't ever technically own those games, right? Exactly. Um, and then, of course, we live in a world where every AAA game has DLC, basically, in one way or another. Yeah. Um, it can be as bad as Madden NFL 19, which you buy premium currency to do something. I don't wait, look, <laughs> I don't know. Sports, Bo- right? Yeah, bo- boost yeah. the the stats of your running boy, I guess. I don't know. Um <laughs> and uh or it could be like even something that's as good as The Witcher, right? But like you like that game still has post-launch content. Sure, it's like good, really good content, but you're still paying money after the initial $60. Yeah. Um so what I wanted to explore is how should subscription services deal with that should they include the dlc should they not and how would you go about playing the game with the dlc so Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> um so here here's some like, examples right so like xbox game pass you can play fallout 4 on it but you have to buy the dlc yourself which you get it like 10 percent off if you're a game pass subscriber but you're still buying extra content for just one game on this service. And, you know, what about the other 99 that might have DLC, right? See, by that point, then I wonder if you were to then quit your service, where does that DLC go? You don't have the game at that point. So do you find anything about what happens? Is it almost like you're renting the DLC at some point? No, you still own the DLC, but... So it, then if I went out and say it was for a Witcher or something, yeah. and I buy the DLC, and then I go, this game's fantastic, and I go buy the full version, which is like 20 bucks right now. Right. So then I can then pop that in, and I still have that DLC? Yes, for sure. Um, at least that's how Xbox Game Pass does it, right? Yeah. So basically, if you subscribe to Game Pass, you buy DLC, and then you unsubscribe from Game Pass, you basically just bought, like wheels to a car you don't own yeah that that's what nice. worries me yeah so that kind of shoots dlc in the foot almost right mm-hmm. and then I, I like did a little bit more research and origin right like ea's thing for pc so i think the origin basic subscription origin access basic is the similar thing right where you don't get the dlc but then that's only 30 dollars a year Origin Access Premiere is a hundred dollars a year and gets you all the DLC as well. Hmm. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think it's worth having like two tiers of subscriptions to say like, hey, pay way more money, you also get DLC, or not? Well, it depends on the you know how long you would you would hold it the retention i i guess you could say um what happens so if if you pay the subscription to get all the dlc as well 
I mean, I suppose that subscription would be treated the same as the other. If you end it or if it ends or is canceled, you would lose all that content, correct? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, in that case, I would say it makes sense to have two tiers because, you know, what whatever you might think of DLC, I mean, the base game that the company chose to release, that's still the base game. And if they have the DLC, that's like a separate product and so on that the people who bought the base game would have had to pay more for so if you're getting the game through a subscription i think it would make sense that you have to pay more to also access that content so i would say you know and if there aren't two tiers and you get the games through your subscription without the dlc then as you put in that really wonderful simile you know you're if you buy the dlc you're getting wheels for a car you don't own and that doesn't make as much sense as having two tier subscription services and being able to take on one of them and think, okay, now I'll just get the games and the DLC. Like to me, that does make more sense and it kind of takes care takes care of the problem of getting the game, the subscription service, but then buying the DLC. But then if you end the subscription service, you have, you know, the useless wheels and so on. Having that second tier makes sense to me. Mm. yeah i i can see that it's it i don't know it's tough because like we're we're seeing the game industry emulate a um a business model that hasn't existed in the game industry before right we're basically ripping Mm -hmm. off netflix and hulu like that's yeah exactly no question but what i think is going to be hard to sell to some people is like if they're used to the Netflix model, which I imagine they would if they're jumping from movies to games in this way, it's not like you buy Netflix, you know, you pay your $11 a month or whatever, and then it's like, cool, you've almost finished The Shining, but pay three <laughs> more dollars and you'll unlock the special bonus scene at the end where where yeah. Jack Nicholson actually kills his family. You know what I mean? It's like... Uh, yeah. It, <laughs> Spoilers. It's, yeah, yeah. Whoops. Here's Johnny. Um yeah, it's just like that's not a one to one, right? Because the movie industry yeah. doesn't like the closest the movie industry has to DLC is like buy the Blu-ray and you get all this special content, special footage, bloopers, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so with the games industry, it's a totally different thing where we'll give you this giant plate of games, but the extra stuff is going to be a la carte. And yeah. also, what I find uh, interesting about that is that for me as a gamer, when I think about DLC. I think okay. I love this game so much. I've I possibly I bought it when it first came out. I played the whole thing, and now what? So I want more content. I just I feel like with the paid subscription service, I would think would be more for a consumer who likes to jump from game to game. Like I know I've been guilty of that where I'll play like twenty hours of a game and then drop it like a hotcake and then jump to the newest thing that's out. I feel like that's where that's a great deal. But if you're just, you know, oh, I love this game. I love this game. Let me buy DLC. Why are you playing it in a rented, you know, so to speak, way? Yeah. 
Yeah, no, and that, that's actually interesting you bring that up because I recently actually subscribed to Game Pass, right? Like, just figured it might as well if I'm owning an Xbox. And it does kind of emulate that feeling of like, oh my, I can play Devil May Cry 4 again. Like, that's cool. So I downloaded that and I played it for like 10 minutes. And then I was like, okay, cool. I'll go back to Tomb Raider. <laughs> and then, right, yeah. and then, you know, I like, I have like the Halo collection downloaded. I have like Sunset Overdrive. You know what I mean? It's like there's all this other stuff where I'll probably play for like an hour at most. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, like the only thing I'm really looking forward to on Game Pass is Forza Horizon 4. And I know I'm going to dump a ton of hours in that. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm not going to own that game necessarily, right? So mm-hmm. if I want the DLC, I'm probably going to need to buy the DLC and probably the game to just be safe, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at, I have the PlayStation Now pulled up right now and I'm looking at it. And one thing that I've noticed, I was a really big fan of um, Detroit Become Human when it came out. Oh, so great game. I you know, replayed through um, Beyond Two Souls and Heavy Rain and I was loving it and I'm looking on here and, you know, now Red Dead Redemption is on because Red Dead 2 is coming out, which I feel like that's a a great reason to get these kind of things is to go, oh, hey, you know, that prequel to this game, you don't necessarily need to play it, but if you'd like to, here it is. But then you're talking about, you know, Fallout and Forza coming out and it's like, these are brand new games do I not want to buy these games? Am I? Do I really feel like I want to put all the hours into this game that you know I could personally like not own, but it's there if I want to jump back in. But then if I cancel my subscription and I say, hey, you know, I really, I really enjoyed Forza. I want to play it again, but then you don't have it. Yeah, I find that weird for new games. Like old games, perfect, great. Sometimes they're hard to find. You know, it it. It ends up being a, a great deal. But new games, I feel like there's so much hype around games nowadays, especially with social media. And you can look into the games and you can follow the developers on Twitter and see how it's going. Like, why why stop buying the physical games? Maybe that's just me being a collector. And yeah. maybe I'm on, like, the opposite spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I get where you're coming from, right? Um, see, for me, I actually... One, I'm very much not a collector. Like... You're going to hate me for this. I'm the guy that, like, tends to throw away cases if I don't need them. Uh, yeah, I know, right? Shame. Yeah, you're welcome. Ow. Yeah, you're welcome. That, that hurts. Um, <laughs> but, I'm so um, sad. Yeah, no, I'm definitely more of a digital person. I mean, because, like, you know, my first consoles were, like, PlayStation, PS2, PS3. But then I got, like, super into PC gaming. And, like, at that point, like, with Steam and everything, you don't really, you know, you don't curate a big physical collection. Yeah, I totally get that. You know, like my, my Steam collection's like 600 games right now. And I'm like, that's cool, but I don't feel like I own 600 games because I don't see yeah. a shelf of 600 games, mm-hmm. which I've seen before. It's scary. Um, <laughs> yeah, welcome to my house. <laughs> yeah, no, I, have, I have a friend who who collected, like he just had a room dedicated, like a whole room that you could sleep in. But instead of sleeping in it, you just have shelves upon shelves of games. And he sold that whole collection for like fourteen thousand dollars. Woo! Yeah. Um, wow. That's amazing. So I've seen a lot of games in one place. It's scary. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think with new games on subscriptions, it's kind of a weird thing because, like, I'm all for that. I think that's a good thing. And I think it kind of it's it to me it's consumer friendly, right? Like instead of paying sixty dollars seemingly every other week because right now we're in that season where all these good games are coming out like i'd rather just pay a hundred dollars a year to subscribe to those games and 
And usually, you know, most of those games, you're not going to be playing them for probably more than six months. Like Spider-Man's great, but you can like if you're really into that game and you really like it, you'll finish it within a month or two. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Exactly. Yeah. And the, the trouble I'm having is. I'd love for subscription models to have new games. The problem is the only two subscription models I can think of aren't that great <laughs> at, at getting <laughs> new games. So like Xbox game pass, right? It's getting forts of four. It's getting all the other first party Microsoft titles, like nothing, <laughs> like, you know, I mean, yeah. there's crackdown. Th- yeah. Crackdown <laughs> three, whenever that peaks its head out of whatever hole it's in right now. Um, I can't think of any other Microsoft first parties right now. Like it's not the best lineup if you're looking for new games and then EA access, like if you do the super hundred dollar edition or whatever, you do get all the new games for, you know, a quote unquote free on the subscription service. But we're talking new games like, like Madden and FIFA (laughs) and, and, uh, yeah. And this is only for PC. So FIFA on PC, really? I mean, wow. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Oh, I can't forget Battlefield because everyone's super interested in that. And oh, then yeah. like Anthem, I guess, in February. But, you know, it just doesn't feel like the the new game factor isn't that strong here. Right. In these these sub models. Um, and I guess for for games that are story based, I can see how this would be great. Like a new game comes out, you know, maybe it has like a 20 hour long story. You finish it. You probably don't pick that up again. That that would be a great thing that I would love to have a subscription for those kind of games. But then it's the online multiplayers, and it's the you know the games that I go back to over and over again. Then it's like I'm paying. You know, you could even say maybe you only play a couple games in that year or something because you you really love these couple of games. Then you spent what a hundred dollars for two games to play. I guess it really depends on the person that's buying it and tracking whether it would be a good deal for them personally. Yeah, but I guess that's not unheard of, right? I mean, World of Warcraft, you're paying, what, over $150 a year just to play that game. Mm-hmm, exactly. You know? um, so at least these other submodels, they also have like a roster of other games you could potentially play, right? And the keyword there. <laughs> yeah. But I, I can't, I, I think most of these sub models, they don't really have a game that like is a sinkhole of time. Like when I think of a game where it's like, yeah, you could spend years playing this game. I think of multiplayer, like call of duty, league of legends or like battlefield, I guess. Um, or loot based games like Diablo, the granddaddy of time, time stealers. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, none of those kind of games are on that service. Uh, I guess Battlefield, but on EA. Uh, Anthem might maybe take the king on that because it's it's kind of looking like a shooter looter that could yeah, be addictive. Definitely. Yeah, That's what I got from it when I saw the trailer. Right. So, I don't know. It's 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 a weird thing. But to I, I kind of did want to point out PlayStation Now here for a second because they're in the news recently, right, of... You can now download PS2 and PS4 games mm-hmm. um, before you had to stream them. So if you had bad internet, rip. Uh, <laughs> but, exactly. Yeah, but now you can just like leave your PS4 on overnight and download, you know, God Hand or whatever PS2 classic you want to jump back into. I don't think God Hand's on that list, actually. Um, uh, 
So that's nice to see them kind of adopt the more like EA Xbox model of like download the game instead of streaming it. Um, mm-hmm. I guess we can't do that with PS3 games yet, probably because the PS3 was built really weirdly. You know, like no one <laughs> could really. Sony. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what was it like? Their cell architecture, I think, is what it was called. Um, yeah, yeah. But here's here's the weird weird thing about DLC on PlayStation now. Okay, so uh let's say man I, I can't think of a playstation now game off the top of my head but let's say you're you're playing a game and it's like the game of the year edition or the the master collection edition or whatever right where it has like all the dlc on it so in the playstation now roster it's billed as like borderlands 2 game of the year edition then you get all the dlc but if it's just billed as borderlands 2 you can't play it with the DLC. And even if you buy the DLC separately in the PlayStation store, it doesn't function with that base game of Borderlands 2 you have because of PlayStation Now. Oh, man, that's rough. Yeah, that's weird, right? Mm-hmm. So... See, yeah, I'm not an advocate of PSN. I haven't... Well, there's a few games that, you know, I'm looking at it and I'm like, yeah, I guess I wouldn't want to buy that, but I would play it, but... Then again, yeah, PS Now isn't really focusing on trying to bring us new games like Xbox Live is. It's more like, look at all these games. You remember how cool these were? <laughs> yeah, it's basically your nostalgia subscription service. Yeah, and, basically. And I like mean, 600 games that came out like three years ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at, at least they have a big roster. I mean, you can credit them for that at least. But Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that it's a matter of quantity over quality. Yep, yeah, yeah. And I see a few... Uh, I'm a big JRPG fan. I see, like, Nino Kuni. That could be a time sink, you know. It's like... If, if it were good. Oh! You're I'll, really trying to make me angry this I'll, podcast, I'm, I'm man. Just, I'm just yeah. saying. Nino... Throwing away cases. You're hating on my JRPGs. <laughs> Look, I love JRPGs. <laughs> I think Nino Kuni yeah, 1 yeah. was, like... Try to make up now. <laughs> trying to be Pokemon and not really a good Pokemon. At least Nino Kuni 2 is, like, way better to me. Yeah, true. But still, you know, I'm a wee. What What do you want from yeah, me? <laughs> hey, I, I love Studio Ghibli, too. Don't get me wrong. I say it properly, too. I'm like, congratulations. Pe- who are like Ghibli. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's an interesting thing. It's um, it's weird because I, I mean, you guys tell me if you think this, too. But I think we're moving into a future probably within the next five, six years where there's going to be like the Ubisoft subscription service and the Square Enix subscription service. Nintendo uh. might do it in like 10 years. Um, but yeah, do you guys feel like that is kind of where the industry is heading? Or do you think it's still going to stay like buy your Assassin's Creed this year and buy your Forza Horizon 7 and then your etc.? Well, what I think may or may not be exactly like what I hope, but... Just hearing you say those things made me feel fatigued and with tons of papers with usernames and passwords and having to keep track of all these different monthly and yearly subscriptions, the idea of even more added onto that plate just does not appeal to me at all. Um, Whether or not it is headed that way, I would need to do more research myself, but all I can say for now is I really really hope it doesn't because the idea of all these different companies having their own subscription services and then how they might overlap with other things like steam it just 
that at that point it, it's more trouble than it's worth and i wish i was just going to a store and and buying a, a big box pc game for 50 bucks and, and being done with it you know and all of this modern convenient stuff kind of suddenly becomes wholly inconvenient all over again mm-hmm. yeah completely yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not saying that the world's only going to be subscription models. You know, like today, you know, you have Netflix, but you can also just buy a Blu-ray of whatever movie you yeah. want to see. I, I still think there's going to be a place for both brick-and-mortar physical stores and also digital storefronts like Steam, Xbox Live, etc. I I just yeah. also think there's going to be a segment of the market that's just subscription services. Where I, I don't think it'll be necessarily subscription services... I I am scared of what Sony has in store for the PS5 because, you know, what if it doesn't have a disc drive and it's a digital only? Like, I feel like half of us will crap our pants thinking that we can't physically own our games anymore. I feel like it is getting in that direction. I can understand the subscription services for people, you know, who think, you know, I'd rather pay $10 a month than $60 a month playing the newest games, you know, because it's expensive. Like, gaming oh. is an expensive hobby. Oh, like, yeah. I I get the whole idea behind, let me pay this small amount so I can play everything, you know? But at, at a certain, you know, time of that, I think it starts to not be worth it because then, you know, what if, what if something, like, everybody's switches were getting bricked before the online service, right? Using third-party cables and whatnot and being cheapos and all that shit. Yeah. So, you know, and they're like, my 150 hours of Breath of the Wild is gone now. You know, who's to say that can't happen with your online, like these big games, even, you know, know, I understand the arguments. You may not be playing big games, but that worries me in a sense. I want want my physical copies, dang it. I want my stuff. I want to see that I own it. I want to hold and touch and sniff it and look at it if I want to. It's mine. (laughs) Oh, hey, do you lick Switch cartridges too? I have. It's a great pastime. No, Ooh. I I do it with every cart I buy. I'm not even kidding. It's like a, it's like oh, a you ritual. You think they have different flavors or something? I'm just trying to find if they do. No. You get one and you're like, ooh, raspberry. There it is. <laughs> maybe I I might be a little behind the times, which isn't surprising as of late. But where does the <laughs> like who first? Well, two questions. Who first initially thought to lick a switch cartridge and? <laughs> What is the appeal? What is the gain from it? I need to so, know. Okay, so Danny and I are probably the two only people in the world who still lit cartridges. Because um, it was only a big deal back when the Switch first came out, and everyone was like, yeah, Switch, it's cool. Oh, man, Breath of the Wild. And then one dude was just like, yeah, but have you licked it? <laughs> <laughs> was it just some random guy in like Kentucky who's like, I wonder what this tastes like. <laughs> yeah, no, it was just some random dude. I'm pretty sure it was on Reddit at first. Just some random guy. Who oh, was like, that's man, why. Never mind. <laughs> man, this tastes this tastes bad. And of course, everyone else was like, are you sure? And then they licked it and they were like, oh, yeah, it tastes bad. And then <laughs> it's just a cascade from there. And now no one I, else really does it. I believe it, it was so that children will not stick it in their mouth and eat it. Dogs won't eat it. I tried to get yeah. my dog to lick it. He was like, no, oh, I'm not having no. this. But, you know, just to see, just in case, they <laughs> tore up my, like, Game Boy Color games on Christmas one year when I was a kid. So, oh, yikes. It, and I was like, no, and it never saved the same again. No. So I get it. But, you know, I still got to taste each one. <laughs> yeah, I got to see if the bitterant is flavored in a different way. 
Yeah, if it's not bitter enough, I'm going to send it back to Nintendo. Right. It's like, <laughs> look, this is a great game and all. You've built an amazing open world with Breath of the Wild. Can you make the cart bitterer? <laughs> it doesn't taste nasty enough. <laughs> <laughs> Too much blueberry. <laughs> this was actually pleasant. Take it back. <laughs> you know, I still haven't actually technically beaten Breath of the Wild. Oh, I haven't either. I've done everything except for, you know, begin. And I was just like, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly where I was. I've done everything. And I'm just like, I you did know, everything I, possible. And I was like, well, I don't want it to be over. But like, also, eh, I'm just gonna put it down. I'll do it eventually. Yeah. And, and while I was exploring Hyrule Castle, I accidentally stumbled into the room with Ganon. And I was like, yeah, I'll restart. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to fight him just yet. I want to see the rest of Hyrule Castle. I love the idea of video game characters being able to go to the final boss and the final boss is like, finally, time to defeat. And you're like, Nah, later. Nah, I'll, I'll <laughs> be back. around and walks away. I've Catch got some later. Korok seeds to find. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, what? Oh my god! Come on, I thought we were gonna do this thing and everything. Uh, we'll do it later. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, I'm good. Like, I know you're like, you like, it. Des- like I know you're destroying the world and all, but like, <laughs> I'm fine. So I'm just gonna <laughs> go out. No, everybody's upset and the world is crumbling to pieces. But like, there's 897 Korok seeds left for me to find. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how long will it take you i've been waiting so long for this <laughs> oh, man it's uh, great so yeah i think okay and also i don't know about you guys but nintendo do you think they're ever going to do a subservice if at all because i feel like like look year our lord 2018 they just started their own version of xbox live mm-hmm. like they're pretty behind right in mm-hmm. terms of mm-hmm. online stuff I guess you could say, uh, I personally, so I don't think Nintendo, well, I'm sure this will come up to bite me in the ass sometime or later. I don't think they would ever give us a subscription for new games. That's just me in general. I feel like Nintendo games have such a, a higher, you know, quality, not necessarily quality, uh, I don't know. I mean, they there's just the always of, go for more money. There's the official Nintendo seal of approval, so there is some. Oh, you know, some level. You know, your quality. girl knows what that is. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I I do think yeah they probably wouldn't make a subservice for new games, especially because like like even now you can barely find a game like a Switch game if you're paying if you're buying a first party Nintendo Switch game you're paying sixty dollars no matter what for the mm-hmm, most part mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know like rarely does it ever go on sale and even like wii u games and wii games they're still oh my God. expensive just dance is still 59.99 yeah and i mean good <laughs> luck finding a cheap copy of xenoblade chronicles for the wii oh my god yeah i was trying to collect that and oh my god i was like you know never mind i'm not gonna pay that much for like a 10 year old almost game <laughs> yeah it's it's insane so they i mean they'd be fools right to do a sub model because their games already sell well enough mm-hmm. um but i do think there would be some value in as a separate thing from the online service just having like the virtual console subscription where you can just play this library Ooh, of nes yeah. snes nintendo 64 because let's be honest the switch can totally emulate nintendo 64 yes just Give that to us. I mean, a potato could emulate Nintendo 64. Yeah, I I need to play Hey You Pikachu. I've needed this for 12 years, Nintendo. Um, That one one specifically. That one specifically. Out of of all the N64 games. That's the one. I don't need Ocarina of Time, okay? I need Hey You Pikachu. 
No, dude, Hey You Pikachu was like Siri before Siri came out, where you're like, go get the potato, and he's like, you want a carrot? No, Pikachu, no! <laughs> I don't know why, but that just made me think of just like buying an N64 with the peripheral and everything, because you're like, Pikachu, play Despacito, <laughs> just to see what he would do. <laughs> he would cry and call freaking Caterpie or something. <laughs> oh, probably. Oh, man. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I, I, have, I still have my copy of hey you pikachu and the nice. microphone so i'm good oh beautiful oh, i could play original? it right now if i wanted box. to yeah can you ask <laughs> pikachu to play despacito for me i'll make a note of that i'll let you know what he says thank thank you speaking I'd of pokemon it. i'm just gonna hurry up and throw this out here i have pokemon stadium and i regularly play that game because that ekans throw onto the diglets is perverted and hilarious and mm. i will play it until i die 100 <laughs> percent i agree oh it's so funny dude okay you bring up po- pokemon stadium i am so excited for pokemon 2019 oh me, me too, too. yes it's very excited it, like look i i love the pokemon games but even when you got to sun and moon i mean even the games before sun and moon which ones were those uh x and y x and y that's it it's like this is cool and all but i can tell the 3ds is like it's struggling <laughs> oh yeah it needs help yeah <laughs> Um, I mean, I even bought the Pikachu 2DS because <laughs> hardcore fan. <laughs> and oh man, uh, I think I, I actually borrowed Pokemon Sun from a friend and then coerced him into just giving me it. Nice. Because I was like, I obviously like this better than you. I finished it in two days and you didn't even finish it. <laughs> wow. But you know, I, I love the Pokemon games. I'm really excited for it to be on Switch. I was. I'm very excited for Let's Go. Like, don't get me wrong. I I still play Pokemon Go. My coworkers and I walk around. My job is a gym. And nice. we just beat each other and walk by each other and go, hey, hey, because we're five. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, I'm excited for that. I, I don't know how I'm going to feel about the whole catching Pokemon to evolve them like I do in the phone game. Because I like that challenge of leveling them up. But, you know, I'm here for anything Pokemon. It's what I live for. Yeah, I, um... I'm not as excited about Let's Go. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm buying it day one because Eevee, of course, of Eevee is best. Like, <gasps> I, I don't need a yellow mouse rat. I need a beautiful little dog fa- bunny thing. <laughs> Can't we have I need both? a beautiful dog thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we can have both, but I'm not paying for both. Oh, Last I time- am. I'm buying the Switch in both the games. Woof. Oh, you don't have a Switch yet. No, I do have a Switch. Oh, you're buying the the Pokemon. I'm oh, getting Let's go another one. Yeesh. Now that that is some I'm commitment. I'm an adult. Yes. <laughs> See, I uh. I thought about doing that for Smash, but then I looked at the design and it's like we just put two perpendicular lines on the Switch, and yeah. I'm like, dude, it made I don't. Me so upset. Like, I could do that myself. <laughs> yeah. For like, truly, I could buy a silver Sharpie for two dollars oh, and do that. What a dream. <laughs> Sell it on eBay. Nobody would ever know. <laughs> yeah, authentic Nintendo Switch Super Smash. So, did you edition. see where on GameStop? I believe I think I saw one of my friends sent it to me, and they were shitting themselves because it went up to like a thousand dollars or like six hundred dollars or something crazy. Eesh, that's stupid. did you like? And because it was pre-ordered so much, I assume I don't know why it did that, but I was like, no, 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 no. I don't know what's going on. Please slow your roll nintendo (laughs) yeah but that's the thing nintendo loves doing false scarcity right like oh yeah good luck getting your hand like if you're an amiibo collector good luck dude like that's oh god yeah not fun i couldn't get into that no so 
Yeah, I don't know. N- Nintendo Switch, it's... I'm glad it's a thing. I feel like this year has been a little weak for it. Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, but I think starting with Smash and into 2019, it's going to be like, yeah, it's a hotcake commodity again. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, well, I'm really, I'm sitting here waiting for the Metroid Prime 4 announcement, and they're just completely acting like it never existed. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was kind of a misstep on Nintendo to reveal it so early, because like, if all you're showing us is just some text, I think you need more dev time. <laughs> you know well you know uh, making a logo is hard they want their their five seconds in the sunlight <laughs> yeah but like they didn't even show us a screenshot like it could have just yeah. been a screenshot of space <laughs> which is pretty easy to do but we didn't they, even get that so like during the direct where you know mario and Mega Man got assassinated by ridley <laughs> oh yeah i thought for a split second i was like oh <gasps> yes this is our metroid prime 4 announcement and it was ridley and smash and i was like man they, they're really giving me blue balls with all these freaking announcements <laughs> yeah nintendo fucking knows what they're doing like the recent direct where it's like yeah. and stay tuned till the end and it's like oh, animal crossing they're gonna make a new animal crossing and then isabelle's just like i'm gonna be in smash i'm gonna be a fucking copy character of villager and i'm like oh god oh god uh they, the, the memes of that were great though i'm just gonna throw that out there they know how to play with our heartstrings i I'll give him that. Um, I mean, like I said, I, I don't know, Danny, if you've heard me reference my long, long unfulfilled desire to see uh, Wario Land content in Smash, but I, I always think, you know, yes. if they ever have a Nintendo Direct where it shows Sakurai wearing a Wario Land t-shirt, you know, I could see getting all excited and then it'll be like, you know, um, Dark King K. Rule as a new character or something, you know, yeah. like they they know how to play Every time. yeah play the heartstrings. He's wearing a Wario t-shirt. It's like we've revealed that we've added a new color palette to Wario. Yeah. <laughs> that is all. That's exactly yeah. what would happen to the T. I do I do love that picture of Sakurai though with just like never ask me for yeah. anything again. It's so good. But but Sakurai, could you please you know just. Just a song, a stage, something from Wario Land. I'm not asking nope. for Captain Surf as a character, or just something. Something. Never, <laughs> never ask me Come for on. anything again. <laughs> Look, uh, if he's if he's not putting Waluigi in as a character, as a playable uh, character, I don't, I don't. That's a travesty. Yeah. I well, mean, you've already shown the poor man's knees in Mario Tennis Aces. Like, come yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just like. How can you like... I don't understand how it's possible to like Waluigi. Like, as anything <gasps> oh. but a joke. No, it's, I, it's completely an ironic thing. And it's He's Waluigi. But yeah. I, <laughs> I've hated him ever since Mario Tennis. And I say that as a, a long-time Wario fan. I don't know. I just... Wario needed to stay alone, man. Waluigi's just annoying. I'm sorry. I, it just sounds like you're a hater to me. <laughs> well, okay, so... So here's the a thing, disliker right? <laughs> of so, Waluigi. So I think we're all on the same page here, right? Of like Luigi is basically like Mario needed something, yeah. Right? He needed mm-hmm, a mm-hmm, friend mm-hmm. of some kind. So here's our copy paste, but stretch him to make him taller, yeah, um, <laughs> and, and make him green with envy because he's not Mario. Um, and then Wario is just a copy of Mario again, but evil. Right. Yeah. But with diabetes. Right. So yeah. let's make let's stretch him wide. So now they're like, okay, but now Wario needs a friend. So they made a copy of a copy of Mario. 
he's basically inbred at this point <laughs> of Waluigi. <laughs> he's, he's like stup- <laughs> super tall, obviously has arthritis. <laughs> and- <laughs> these are the sad crippled versions of mario and luigi yeah well no so wario is a is a decent copy of mario because he's just one step away from mario but Mm -hmm. while luigi is two steps away because he's a copy of luigi who is a copy of mario does that make sense yeah Uh, my head hurts he's he's, (laughs) look he's two steps removed from greatness of course he looks the way he does we'll see let's get oh go ahead go ahead well, I was going to say, what if what if they made Waluigi more his own character and then they had to give him an equivalent character or give give like Wario his own Wario or something like that? I mean, how crazy could this get? Oh, man. What would they name it? <laughs> Snaw Luigi. Uh, Snaw. Snaw. <laughs> I want Waluigi to get his own game. Mario has his own game. Luigi has his his mansion and his scary spookiness, and then Wario Land has his own thing. Where's my Waluigi game? Well, what prob- is this? It'd probably just be like a really sad game, which isn't on brand oh. for Nintendo, oh. which is probably why they didn't make it. Would he <laughs> like, be like a mime or something, or a circus clown? <laughs> yeah, like there's just like in a dark desk somewhere in Nintendo HQ is like unfinished Waluigi project yeah. and it's only like six pages and it just ends with like a post-it note that says this is too sad stop <laughs> <laughs> I'd play it I'd be there day one catch me in line at GameStop to get the newest Waluigi game <laughs> dude I, I would pay for an emotional Nintendo experience like I want Life is Strange but Waluigi but Waluigi <laughs> <laughs> you, you get a Polaroid camera <laughs> You just take pictures of everybody else being happy. <laughs> <laughs> and like in your dialogue choices, all of them just say, wow. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm oh. here for it. I want it. Yeah. Nintendo, give it. Take, Look, take my money. <laughs> Nintendo, I know you're listening. Make it. <laughs> I know that Build you're it. an advent, you know, game luster listener. So take our advice. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's let's get toward wrapping things up here. So I think it'd only be fair for us to kind of talk about and kind of offer up respect for the 200 plus people who are not out of jobs at Telltale because Telltale does not know how to manage anything anymore, apparently. Yikes. Um, I guess just as background, how familiar are you two with Telltale games and their repertoire? I have played... I played the first season and a little bit of the second season of The Walking Dead, but I believe that that is it, unless there's a game of theirs I've played and I didn't know they made it. The Wolf Among Us? Oh, love it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm pretty much only familiar with The Walking Dead and The Wolf Among Us, and then uh, Batman Telltale. Mm. I don't think I know of any other ones that uh, I can think of. There's Tales of the Borderlands, Game of Thrones... They did a Back to the Future game way back in the day. Wow. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think with Telltale, like, I'm I'm a fan of their games, or I was a fan of their games, because there wasn't really anything like it, right? Like, mm-hmm. it was a nice mix between point-and-click and, like, action-adventure feeling, mm-hmm. which you don't get that that much nowadays. But now, you know, yeah. they've kind of sparked a revolution in narrative video games. Like, we wouldn't have Life is Strange without mm-hmm. Telltale. Right. And, life well, and I also like love the favorites. art style. I love the art style in Walking Dead and Wolf Among Us. I love that pop art look. They were doing something that was like totally different for the time. Yeah, it was like living comic books, essentially. Mm-hmm. I loved it. But 
the thing is, I, I kind of got sick of them three or four years ago when they still didn't update their engine. So it was just like, come on, guys. You know, this is great and all. You're telling good stories, but you're basically making the same game with different skins. Yeah. You know? Um, and it wasn't until, I think it was like late last year, when they were like, guys, we're going to update our engine. Um which we still haven't seen the fruition of that. I think uh, this upcoming season of uh, Walking Dead season four, like you kind of saw a little bit of it, but it wasn't anything completely new. And Mm -hmm. now with this news of the studio, basically in the process of shutting down um, season four of Walking Dead, the climactic finale is cutting itself off very, very shortly. Like, yeah. Episode two is like, that's it. Wow. That comes out this week. Nobody knows if it's meant to be like they they properly wrote it to be an ending or it's just like, well, shit, we got canceled, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. And initially, well, there are still 25 employees, correct? Right. There are 25 people left. And initially people thought, oh, they're probably staying behind to at least finish out Walking Dead season four. Mm-hmm. And that to me makes the most sense because Walking Dead season one was like the game for them. You know, it's the game oh, that yeah. put them on the map. And it only makes sense to, like, treat that property with respect by finishing it out properly. Yeah, I would agree. I feel like a lot of upset fans would, you know, stomp at their doors. <laughs> right. And now a lot of upset fans are because it was revealed that that 25 people, those 25 people, are there to finish out the Minecraft story mode thing for Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I it. did hear about that. And yeah, people I saw that like too. WTF. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's it's stupid. It's like it's like you don't know how to run a company almost. And there have been like rumors. This isn't confirmed, but I've heard like via the grapevine that people are saying the only game that they really made profit off was Walking Dead season one. Wow, really? Right. Really? Like, hmm. Yeah, everything else, they kind of just like broke even or almost. I know Tales of the Borderlands was like a failure to them monetarily. But interesting. I thought, well, I mean, that was definitely their hit. And I remember when that came out, it was everywhere. Like I saw Let's Players playing it, you know, it's day one. It yeah. was a really big deal. But, you know, I don't know. It's, I, it's very sad, definitely. Like my guess for it, honestly, is that I think they grew way too quickly because you know, like you start off with something like The Walking Dead, which, you know, back then it wasn't as popular as it is now, but I imagine maintaining the license costs a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And then they pick up things like Game of Thrones, literally the biggest medieval fantasy thing since Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. You know, like even people who don't call themselves nerds watch that thing. And <laughs> and now they just all of a sudden somehow got the license to that universe. You know, and then yeah. Batman, which is huge, Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. which is huge, and also failed for them. It's like, were you getting the money to buy these high stakes, high profile licenses when your games aren't selling enough, seemingly, to fuel that process? Well, I can understand if they did that in hopes that maybe it would build them up, having those those big IPs to say, look at us doing this thing, look at us doing this thing. But, you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And if your your games aren't really keeping people reeled in, you know, what are you going to do? You spend all your money on this IP and then it bombs. That's just kind of how the cookie crumbles at this point. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it's just a shame, right? That like these people who worked so hard and like, I've read that some of the employees were tweeting out that they didn't get severance pay. They were just Mm -hmm. kicked out, you know, after Mm -hmm. years of like overtime and, you know, working around the clock, they just are, are jobless now. Um, and it's just really heartwarming to see the rest of the like gaming community. Like I know Corey Barlog from um, Sony Santa Monica, God of War people. Yeah. I was, saw like, uh, Twitch was reaching out as well, I believe. Yeah, and um, even Ubisoft, uh, yeah. San Francisco, I believe, they uh, posted on Instagram like, "Hey, Telltale folks, like we're hosting a free dinner at this like local food place. I don't know, I've never been to LA, but we're hosting a free dinner there, and we also have some job openings. So come over, like." we can talk and hash things out, find a place for you. And it's like, that's really cool. You know? Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, the gaming community is so strong there. It's such an amazing thing to be a part of truly. Yeah. And you know, it, it's funny cause you hear all the time in the games industry, like there's no job security, right? Like you mm-hmm. could work overtime for years and this can happen to you. You can just like lose everything, lose your job. Studio could close. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's nice to see like every, like if your studio dies, at least there are a ton of other people around you who are like, we got you, we're going to help you out. Oh yes, definitely. Yeah. Like I think something similar happened with, uh, Cliff Blazinski and, uh, Bosky studios, you know, Mm -hmm. whoops, uh, lawbreakers (laughs) and all that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think because, you know, he hired out a bunch of ex Epic people, which I'm pretty sure they were kicking themselves in the foot when Fortnite came out. Oh, um, wow. Right? <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. You just missed the boat for that um, for Lawbreakers. And uh, oh, man, what's that? That like 90s, 80s game show Battle Royale Radical Heights. Never heard of it. Yeah. Like basically the Lawbreakers people were like, well, Lawbreakers isn't working out. So we're going to make a Battle Royale. And it was only live for like six weeks and then it closed. <laughs> And then the stu- and then <laughs> the studio closed. <laughs> yeah, and then the whole studio just died. And it's like, dude, Cliff, like Cliffy B, you just you just cost so many people their jobs. It's crazy. Yeah. So, games industry, it's a it's gr- it's great. It's a good place. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's great when it is, and when it's not, it's <laughs> yeah, it's horrid. Yeah. Um, do you guys have any uh, final things you want to say about the Telltale thing? Mm, rip yeah <laughs> press f yep sudden shocking news yeah on a friday too yeah that's <laughs> that's a shitty way to end yeah. the week yeah nothing like a studio closing to set you up for the weekend oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right i i think that should uh do it for us here so i think we can go around um you know whatever you want to leave the folks with you know shout out anything you want uh let's start off with danny um play spider-man and uh, you can follow me on like all social medias i think i have everything at bits picks and joysticks nice cute uh trevor i need to get my gaming schedule back in gear and while i'm trying to do that you can follow me on social media um twitter i'm at benny the guard all lowercase with underscores um Elsewhere it varies, but you could just always try my name and that'll usually work. Some variation of Trevor Whalen, maybe an H thrown in the middle, you know, that'll work elsewhere. Yeah, especially, uh, you know, all, all the hip, crazy social medias like LinkedIn. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> like can. LinkedIn. LinkedIn, the best, the best place uh, to find memes. 
you um, know, when you want to cyber stalk someone, hit them oh, up on LinkedIn. <laughs> for sure. Uh, and you can find me. Um, I, I do another podcast actually with some of my friends called the tiny disc podcast. We actually did a new rebrand, uh, recently. So check it out this week where we have a whole new format. We're basically building games from random keywords and it's a lot of fun. We build like this, this card collecting game based on Korean and Japanese idols. Pretty great. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah, yep. Nice. Um, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at Pinoptimist, P I N O P T I M I S T. I think that does it for us for uh, this episode of the Game Luster podcast. I'm Robert, and for Danny and Trevor, we are signing off. Thanks for listening. Bye.